So this recording here is to talk about the archetypes of Muladhara, the root chakra. And after reading your assigned reading material for this module, um, I want to provide a little bit more depth and nuance to the archetypes. Now, it's important when we're looking at these things to be gentle with ourselves. More often than not, we tend to recognize the places where we see our own shortcomings and think, I've heard so many times people say, oh my God, all my chakras are, are totally messed up, you know, whenever uh, we do a course on the chakras or modules on them. And, and so just being gentle and knowing that it's quite natural for us to oscillate between um, being really in a place of ease and harmony in our chakras and embodying the more balanced version and also uh, coming into places that are a little bit more challenging and requiring more of our uh, internal work and spiritual maturity. So no one's really balanced all the time and it's, it's good to allow ourselves to be in a position where we are recognizing that. Be gentle on ourselves. So kind of getting into it, I'm just going to actually adjust this microphone a bit here. There we go. So getting into it uh, on a deeper level, when we start to look at the polarity between Muladhara's archetypes of the victim and the mother, you're looking at two things on opposite ends of a spectrum. And uh, most of our living is done somewhere in between those two opposite ends of the spectrum. But we look at the extreme ends of the spectrum to help us get clarity on what it is that we're looking for and what these totally out of balance or totally in balance versions of ourselves might look like. Um, and, uh, and then falling somewhere in between in our day-to-day -day lives. So starting with some basics on the parts of Muladhara that really affect the archetypes. Uh, you know, we're remembering that Muladhara deals with physicality. It deals with our connection to our bodies and all things physical on earth and the earth plane. And it really deals with our ability to feel safe in our bodies. It deals with our connections to others, uh, to, you know, sometimes you hear this called, you know, your connections to your tribe. Um, I think we could say nowadays it's connection to community, to the groups that we belong to, and also dealing with a sense of what it is to belong and feeling like we belong. So looking at that a little bit, we go into what happens when we don't feel safe in our bodies? What happens when we are in a place of fear in the body? What kinds of behaviors and patterns start to emerge for us? And then collectively, these behaviors and patterns could be called the victim archetype in terms of Muladhara. And archetypes, right, are really these, these patterns of behavior that are ancient. They're very old and they're universal, which is why we can sort of have these treatments or, or therapies in the chakras and in other forms of wellness and therapy and healing modalities that are, you know, universally applicable. They're nuanced in their application in that each person is different, but they are also universal in their application in that there aren't that many patterns of human behavior. Um, for the most part, we're, we're all pretty similar at some core levels. So when we're not safe and when we're not sure how we belong and, and our victim archetype is sort of coming through, what does that look like? And the victim 
deals with having a great deal of trouble with personal responsibility. It's really hard for the victim to take responsibility for their lives. And you know, the important note is that this isn't about defining whether or not someone has actually been a victim in their life. Most of us have been a victim at some point in our life to some kind of action or behavior. Um, this is more about just helping us to identify when we ourselves have fallen into the victim mentality, the victim pattern of behavior. So personal responsibility is outsourced. And whenever we're outsourcing personal responsibility for our problems or our lives, you know, we're bound to fall into a position of uh, blaming outside of ourselves. So we're blaming our partner or we're blaming our kids or we're blaming the government or our neighbor or the community. Uh, You know, a really easy basic way to think of this could be like, you know, you're speeding in a school zone and you get pulled over and you get a ticket. And instead of accepting personal responsibility for your action of speeding and just biting the bullet and paying the ticket and moving on, you blame the police officer for pulling you over instead of the guy in front of you. Or you blame them, uh, you know, for just being on the side of the road and watching for you. It's not fair that they're, they've got these radar guns and, and they're gunning to get you. So, you know, one kind of provides an opportunity for personal responsibility being the one that provides opportunity for us to move forward in our lives after a situation is complete and blaming uh, really forces us to stay in the past, to stay with what's happened. And that makes sense, right? Because blaming comes from uh, past patterns of behavior where we didn't feel safe, coping mechanisms and ways of... uh, sort of being in our experience where we didn't feel safe and they show up in all these other ways so when we're blaming outside of ourselves not taking personal responsibility then we have very little power we have very little uh, ability to influence our own lives and we become the victim of life itself and everything around us is conspiring life itself is conspiring to to put us down or hold us down And we all fall into this pattern of thinking from time to time, this way of viewing the world. And one of the ways that it's kind of a little bit more tricky where it happens and we might not see it at first is, you know, when we, when we think about the inner child, the place inside of us that's uh, spiritually, emotionally, mentally young uh, and immature, the inner child uh, forgets that we have limits. It likes to do all the things and make all the commitments and forgets about the practical reality of time and how long it takes to do something and this sort of thing. And so it overcommits uh, itself and signs up for more than it can do. And so one of the ways that this manifests and happens for helpers and healers and yoga teachers and coaches is that they put too many things on their plate and then end up blaming life circumstances for the depletion and the burnout and the tiredness that they feel and this is one of the ways that we can easily fall into the victim mentality so the victim you know really keeps us in a place of being unable to um, make changes so if, if, if I understand that it's not that everyone's sucking my energy dry and demanding so much of me and it's that I have a lack of boundaries well then there's something I can do about that 
now I'm in the position of taking care of myself versus saying that, you know, life's out to get me. And the, the beauty of shifting the focus to focusing on how I can help myself is that there's actually a, a way out of the pattern. Whereas if everybody else is to blame and I'm the victim, there's absolutely nothing I can do to change my circumstance. So uh, when we look at the archetypes, uh, you know, in terms of victim and mother, it really has to do with meeting our needs. Are my physical, emotional, and mental needs being met if i'm outsourcing those needs outside of myself chances are at some point they're not going to be met and i'll feel some form of anger disappointment etc to whomever didn't meet my expectations or the needs that i outsource but if i'm putting the responsibility on myself for meeting my needs for time and attention for feeding myself and clothing and bathing and nourishing myself then my interactions with others shift from having expectations of them to being a reciprocal relationship where I'm actually connecting in an authentic way. So the victim has trouble connecting in an authentic way with other people because almost all people are seen in some form or another as a threat. Even the close intimate people in your life, the kids, the the partner, the uh, you know, trusted friend and colleague or coworker, they all have the potential to derail me if I'm in my victim archetype. Um, because by very nature of them being close to me, uh, if they are meeting some of my needs for me, uh, then they can actually be someone that harms me. Um, now, if I'm in relation to them in a way where I'm meeting my own needs, then their presence in my life isn't threatening. And that kind of leads me to the underlying pattern, uh, you know, underneath every victim is a victimizer. And so this is really important to get to know this aspect of ourselves so that we aren't turning a blind eye to it. Because if we're in the victim position for a long period of time and we get locked into that pattern, we begin to subtly victimize other people, whether we do it passive aggressively and obviously to ourselves or not, or, you know, another common one is the victim, you know, is sort of the saint that carries the world on their back as the world does everything to them and, and is patient and then all of a sudden, you know, like explodes in, in fits of anger and rage and victimizes uh, people during those explosions. Again, we've all been there. So if you recognize yourself in any of the things that I'm saying now, it's it's important to be compassionate and gentle with yourself as we oscillate between the unbalanced and the balance. So back to the physical, emotional, mental needs being met. Um, as adults, we, we really, when we're kids, we can't meet our own needs. We rely on our parents or caregivers to do that. So if they didn't, uh, we get some mixed messages about what it is to have our needs met. And really what that translates to is what it is to be safe in our own bodies. And when we don't feel safe in our own body, you know, that's a problem. It's a problem because we, for many reasons, we can't regulate our nervous system uh, when we don't feel safe in our own body. And when we weren't taught how to feel safe by meeting our needs, through having that modeled by our parents or caregivers meeting our needs, um, we forget or don't learn what it is to meet our own needs. And so we get stuck in these cycles and it's really, really challenging. So how do we move from this sort of victim mentality where the world's out to get me, everything that happens is someone else's fault, I'm blaming, I'm oscillating between attacking and defending and collapsing. You know, these, these places within are hard to break out of and 
at the same time, the solution, the antidote, or the growing ourselves up is actually really simple uh, in terms of the actions we have to take. It's not simple to get out of the pattern, but we can start to get out of the pattern by mothering ourselves. So the mother archetype on the polar end of the spectrum is the individual who's embodied in their own experience and is taking responsibility for their needs and meeting their needs. And through taking responsibility for meeting their own needs, they're able to show up in a way that is not demanding energetically on others. If I don't know how to take care of my own needs and you and I sit across from each other, whether I intend to or not, I'm subconsciously and energetically through my chakras and energy system pulling on your energy system to meet my needs. Now, if I sit across from somebody who's meeting their own needs and I'm meeting my own needs, now we're showing up in a relationship with each other, which is a totally different thing. So meeting my own needs, what does that look like from a practical perspective? For me, um, I definitely had pockets of time uh, growing up where my needs were very well met and then other pockets of time where through different circumstances, uh, my needs weren't as well met. And when my needs weren't met, you know, let's say um, a parent's at work and they're the, and they're the only one. This is really common in a household that uh, has parents who are separated or divorced. The child may have to prepare their own meals at a young age or take care of a sibling or, you know, step into adult functioning roles prior to being an adult. So if my, when my needs weren't met, you know, I had to really spend some time as an adult learning, how do I cook for myself? How do I clean up after myself? No one's coming to do it for me, right? How do I make sure that I spend time with myself in a way that's nurturing every day? Um, How do I bathe myself? How do I keep up the personal hygiene that's important for me? Uh, These types of things, they seem really, really basic, but they often go totally missed for a lot of adults and i know in my life a good majority of my friends who are pretty uh, awake and conscious individuals have trouble feeding themselves this is something that you know many of you who have been to our events and lectures and retreats you know might might resonate with or laugh at because you've been there when we're talking about it you know these healers and helpers who are so gifted and talented at being there for others are struggling with you know making themselves breakfast or lunch or dinner with um, feeding their bodies, struggling with major, major issues of digestion, major issues of being able to get five minutes for themselves. They've dedicated themselves to their clients and you know, saving the world. They've dedicated themselves to their families, their kids, their partners. And I give them the prescription, so to speak, of spending 10 minutes alone. And it's like I've just asked them to run the Boston Marathon with no training on an empty stomach. This idea of spending 10 minutes a day alone is so foreign that it causes like an acceleration and a panic in the nervous system and the energy system. Because many times we've been trained not to value spending time by ourselves and nourishing ourselves. And this is one of the fundamental ways that we have to engage with ourselves if we're going to be healthy. We have to mother ourselves through time, attention, and touch. The time that we spend with ourselves is really important. You know, 10 minutes a day, 15, 20 minutes a day can be a lot to ask if you have a lot of obligations, working, family, etc. But without it, you start to rely on other people to meet your own needs of intimacy and relating to yourself. And this causes all kinds of problems in the root chakra and in our relationships. So time alone, 
making your own food, going for a walk, taking care of your body, moving your body no matter what. You are an animal. Your body is an animal and it ha- just like your puppy or your dog who you know, is looking at you going, please take me for a walk, please take me for a walk. So your body is asking the same thing of you. But sometimes we get so caught up in our other chakras, the head or you know, other areas of our body, that we forget that our body needs to move every day. We forget that these things uh, keep us healthy, keep our emotional system and our energetic system regulated. So the mother inside and the mother archetype knows how to take care of these basic needs and does it not as a chore, but as an act of love. It's an act of service and nourishment to the self. And there's quite a difference between, oh, I've got to make myself this dinner and sort of resentfully chopping up your dinner and making it for yourself and, oh, I can't, I can't wait to do this thing for myself that's very intimate, right? It's the most intimate act we have. What we put in our mouth and chew and then swallow literally becomes our very body. It becomes our body. So I would argue that there's nothing more intimate than, than what you put in your mouth to eat. So how's my relationship to that process? And if it's not there, then typically speaking, I'm going to have a hard time mothering myself. So looking at that, you know, what makes us feel safe on a physical level? I'm not so much talking on an emotional level, but just the body. You know, the body feels safe with routine. The animal part of you, because of course you're you're an animal and you're also a spiritual conscious being, But the animal part in you craves and needs routine. So getting up at the same time in the morning, going to bed at the same time each night, that one has been a lifelong struggle for me. I just, no matter what I do, I can't seem to get that one in a constant routine. Um, And yet the pockets of time when I have been able to do it uh, have really been life-altering in terms of sourcing safety in my body. So your body, your body wants to go to bed around the same time and get up around the same time. It actually wants to eat around the same time because it craves and needs routine, the animal part of us. It allows us to feel safe. We know when our next meal is coming. We know we're not going to forget or sometimes I'll you know, be doing a lot of work and get going really quickly and I won't eat. I won't eat for hours and hours and hours, which is different if you want to fast or do something intentionally. That's different. That could be an act of self-care. So again, this isn't about telling you how to eat or the right way to eat or when to eat, but it's about you getting in touch with what's an act of service and love for your body and your particular experience and then choosing to do that intentionally. And the end byproduct of that intentional self-care and self-love is that we're able to be Uh, rooted in our own experience, meeting our own needs, and that activates our inner instincts, our ability to be compassionate, our ability to be a sustained place of loving kindness for others. And it helps us to embody the maternal instincts of relating to those in the group without having to attack or defend because we're rooted in ourselves. And when we're rooted in ourselves, there's no reason to attack or defend because I can be me and you can be you and we can be different and still be in harmony and get along together. There's no need to subconsciously fear one another and energetically fear one another. And sometimes when I say subconscious, uh, my meaning is energetic as well. The chakras and all these systems are kind of below our conscious awareness and control. So... When we look at being uh, safe in our bodies, we look at a sensation of relaxation moving through the muscles. 
we look at the nervous system relaxing, we look at being able to heal and digest well and be regulated, and all of these things coming into balance with one another, you know, lets us reside in our mother archetype. And influencing all of those things are the acts of self-care that bring about the mother archetype. So you can influence them from both ends. Once you have a nice pattern going, you know, it it really creates um, sort of like a pathway that has been worn down in a forest. Once you start getting into a rhythm with it, it's naturally something that you continue to do. And likewise, if you get stuck in the victim uh, archetype for a while, which again, we all oscillate back and forth, uh, it takes a little bit to get out of it. It takes some conscious effort to notice when we're blaming and defending and attacking and then to ground ourselves into being present with personal responsibility and nurturing and caring for ourselves. So taking away from this first sort of talk about all this, really um, coming up with some questions maybe for uh, our, our live call together uh, the following week, just thinking about where in your life you have fallen into the attack and the defend and, and knowing that um, in this time right now that we're seeing this great awakening in humanity, there's a lot of polarization going on. So, so how this all relates, our root chakra, you know, it relates to our community and to our connection to the earth and to countries, you know, your country, your political party, all of these things are very root chakra oriented. It's about belonging and where do I align? Where do I belong? So when you're seeing this massive amount of division happening in the world right now, some people are aligning on this section, on this side of the fence, and some way far on the other side, and they're beginning to other one another. They're beginning to point the finger and, and blame and say they and you. And, and you know, of course it's true that uh, some perspectives may be healthier than others and some perspectives may be more harmful. But what I believe we're being called to do in this time from a spiritual perspective is go on a very deep journey of personal responsibility. And this is very much related to the mother archetype. So where in my life do I need balance? Where in my life am, am I selfish? Where am I greedy? Where do I take more than I need? How am I being of service or not of service to my community? Where am I part of the problem? That's a much better question for us all to be asking than what's wrong with the world and can you believe what those guys over there are doing and how they're handling this whole thing? Because we all have our own uh, perspective that we come to it with and yeah, one perspective might be, I might find myself definitely aligning more with one than the other, but it doesn't really matter at the end of the day unless I'm looking at how I can shift, unless I'm looking at myself, because the root chakra also deals, you know, with this concept of as above, so below. So our relationship with ourselves and our relationship with the earth, our relationship inside, reflects outside and outside reflects inside and I really believe from a spiritual perspective that we can change and shift the outside by our own inner work the outside uh, you know a lot of really cool stuff in quantum physics a lot of really interesting uh, stuff coming up that from a spiritual perspective we might have intuitively sensed and already known but now some aspects of science are beginning to uh, show us is true are things along the lines of that we live in this quantum field, this universal field of energy that responds directly to us, 
you know, they've done all kinds of studies. There's these random number generators. And, you know, when they have the participants intend to affect the outcome, it does. So the number generators uh, generate a zero or a one. And over a long period of time, it comes out about 50-50, the numbers of zeros and ones that are generated. When they have someone sit with the number generator and intend to have more zeros or more ones come up, the majority of the time and repeatedly proven through multiple different people testing the research and doing the experiment, the outcome shifts. When they intend more zeros, more zeros show up. When they intend more ones, more ones show up. So this idea that the universe is ever responding to us is, um, it's probably true. It's been true in my experience. And, you know, at the end of the day, there's a lot of wisdom and value in uh, co-creating with our creator, co-creating our reality, co-creating our experience. And personal responsibility is the only way to do that. And it's really hard. It's really hard to come out of the victim mentality, particularly when you're of a marginalized population, you know, and, and there's a lot of nuance in it. There's a lot of nuance in it that I probably don't have time to get into on how long I wanted this recording to be. But no matter what your perspective is, uh, waiting for the other to apologize, to change, to evolve, to grow up, eh, you might be waiting for a really long time. So we can take as much personal responsibility as we can to shift and examine the various aspects of our lives where we need shifting. And uh, sometimes that work is hard. Sometimes we uncover some things that aren't uh, that cute. But it's always rewarding. It's always rewarding to look at all those aspects of ourselves. You know, um, I went through a big one on this when I was uh, feeling very victimized by the, the system of patriarchy, the oppressive system that sort of uh, governs our society. And... Um, the inherent sexism and racism and all kinds of isms that come out of that system. And I was going through a process where I felt very victimized by it and very angry about it in, in a lot of different ways for a lot of different reasons. And ultimately, I had to confront my own inner patriarch, the embedded system that I'm a part of and that is a part of me in order to start to loosen out of that uh, paradigm and have the universe stop reflecting that to me. I had to look at where am I sexist, racist, all these other isms and ists that exist out there because it's inside all of us. All of these things where, where whatever you believe you're a victim of, uh, you have a piece of it in you because we are not separate and cannot be separate from the structure and the culture in which we live. So it's hard to look at them and it's hard to shift out of the victim mentality. And for conscious and aware people doing this work, it's even harder because we tend to have bypassed that aspect of ourselves to a reasonable degree. Um, so whatever is the hardest one for you this week, I'd encourage you to start looking at it and take personal responsibility. And this is how we mother ourselves between feeding and caring and nourishing ourselves and spending quality time with ourselves we look at our inner victim we dig her up we work with her we look at our inner victimizer that lays under her or him too and we we start to ask those difficult questions where do i victimize others we all do it how do i victimize others sometimes some of us do it in jest as a joke or passive aggressively some of us are aggressive some of us avoid we all have our ways where um, 
we victimize others. So starting to look at that begins to illuminate our victim, which then grows us up. It then helps us to gain more spiritual maturity. It helps us to move from the underdeveloped aspects of ourselves towards a more developed aspect of ourselves. And this is a, an ever-evolving, unfolding work in progress. I don't think we ever get to a point where we're fully balanced when people say that about the chakras like i've been working on balancing and i finally balanced the chakra well that's wonderful until the next thing happens in life where we have to then go a layer deeper and continue to work and balance you know um, whether you believe you have this one lifetime to do it or many lifetimes to do it at the end of the day um, it's a constant work in progress so uh, continuing to have that inner reflection with a humorous loving compassionate eye otherwise the work can become a little overwhelming so my challenge to all of you this week in your homework and in the question prompts that you'll see is really to start to dig into that where have i been a victim where have i been a victimizer and where have i mothered myself what do i do really well in this area and then you can start to create a little bit of an alchemy as you brew with all of those things together and um, you know some inspiration will emerge as to the next steps to take to balance the, the, this energy center for yourself. So that's all on that for today. Um, we'll uh, carry on next week with this talk uh, moving into Svadhisthana and the archetypes that uh, reign and govern there. And make sure to write down any questions that you have that arose or parts of this that stood out to you and we can go over them on our live call this week.